0: Welcome to The Resolution Podcast, where we believe it's possible to overcome struggles and thrive in life. Here we discuss mental health, trauma, brokenness, healing, and ultimately how we can experience a thriving life with Jesus and others. These conversations are informed by my new book, Free to Thrive, co-authored with Josh McDowell. I'm your host, Ben Bennett. Welcome to season two. Welcome back to The Resolution Podcast. Ben Bennett here, and I am just so pumped for today's episode. I'm joined by the one and only Dr. Caroline Leaf, and we're gonna be talking about how to overcome anxiety and toxic thoughts by understanding brain science. Dr. Leaf is a communication pathologist, cognitive neuroscientist, mental health and mind expert, best selling author and top health podcast host her latest book let me just tell you cleaning up your mental mess is awesome read it through and through it uh, it offers five proven steps to help readers overcome the unhealthy thinking habits that contribute to anxiety depression and intrusive thoughts and replace them with positive thinking that leads to health happiness and success dr. Leaf. Thank you so much for being with me today.
1: Well, thank you, Ben. It's wonderful to be with you. And thank you for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. It's great to have another person that lives in Texas on, on the podcast. It
1: doesn't happen that often. I've been interviewed mainly by people everywhere else except in Texas. I think one other one in Austin. So, so you're the number two.
0: <laughs> Second one. That's, that's awesome. Well, anxiety, negative thoughts, stress, man, these things can impact just about all of us in in our day. And honestly, one of the most important things I've learned in my healing and therapy and spiritual journey is the importance of understanding how all of our struggles are impacted by the mind and how our struggles can change our minds, and also how we can leverage our brains to experience freedom. Uh, So we'll go ahead and jump in to the topic today. Uh, Dr. Leaf, as we begin, will you just share with us why it's important to understand how our brains function when it comes to mental health, and then also the problems that we're seeing when we don't um, understand how our brains function and impact our mental health?
1: Absolutely, and I think what's very important there is to just to in answering that is just to kind of reflect back at a comment that you made in your introductory statement about the fact that uh, that you know people struggle, and that is so true. So I want to start off by saying upfront that since the beginning of time humans have struggled with mental health. So mental health is not something new. It's not something that's on the rise. It's something that's always been around. And what we currently have is an era of terrible mismanagement of mental health, which has resulted in so many problems that we are seeing currently as well, besides the fact that there's all the things going on in the world. But things have always gone on in the world and humans have always existed in the world where things have been going on. And most and a lot of those have been adverse experiences. So our mental health will be affected by adverse experiences. And that's not actually a disease. It is just a response it's to, to adverse experiences. So that's a very different narrative to the current mental health ma- narrative, which is one of that, any, if you experience any kind of emotion that's on the, on the toxic side or negative side, that you have a brain disease or a neuropsychiatric brain disease or some neurobiological correlate for your emotions or that there's something wrong with you like diabetes or cancer. And that message has been very, very, very damaging and it's very unscientific scientific and has caused a lot of the mismanagement of mind that we're referring to so perhaps the best place to i just wanted to do sort of outline that and and explain that you know when we talk about mind and we talk about brain and the importance of understanding brain we need to understand brain in the context of how is it different from mind mm-hmm. and what do the two do and what's the interaction and what's that got to do with mental health so I think that might be, is that okay, Ben, if I start sort yeah. of answering the question around, around that? So first of all, your brain is not your mind. That's probably the most important thing I can say today. Because as long as you think the brain is your mind, which is the current narrative, which is unscientific and incorrect, but as long as you think that, and it's not your fault, because that's what the general media say, what's been presented in the current narrative for the past 40 years, is that if you think your mind is your brain, it's going to take away a lot of feeling of control, autonomy, empowerment, and hope. Because if it's your brain, well, what can I do about it? And just by the mere fact that that we are even talking today about the role that our brain plays, instinctively, by you asking that question, Ben, you've recognized, hey, there's more to this. There's something I must be, there must be something I can do if I understand more about my brain. So there's inherently, instinctively, in our in our wisdom mind, we understand that there's something going on here that we do maybe have some level of control. So I want to stress that we do have. Control. We do have an ability to control our brain. So we actually control the brain. What's the we that's controlling? That's the mind. Mm -hmm. So the mind is the aspect of who you are as a human that is controlling the physical brain and body. So the brain doesn't control the mind. The brain doesn't produce the mind, which is also. What we hear and can read very often is that the brain produces thoughts. It can't. I can hold up your brain out of your head. If I took your brain out your head, which I wouldn't do, and I held it up in my hand, we could stare at it all day and it wouldn't do anything. Your, once a person dies, the brain and the body will disintegrate unless the organs are preserved in some way, but they're still not going to do anything. They're not going to change. They're going to grow. They're not going to produce anything because you're not there anymore. So the you is your mind, your aliveness. So the mind and the brain are separate distinctively separate but work together so there's a relationship between the mind and the brain so if we think of the brain first just think of the look at yourself and just think of like you've got your skull your brains in your skull you've got your skull you've got your body you've got all your different organs that's all your physical part of you and that is about 37 to a hundred trillion cells. So your brain and your body and all the parts of your body are made of about 37 to hundred trillion cells. And that's the, that's the physical part of you, but that's only one to 10% of who you are. So the other 90 to 99% is your mind and your mind is this aliveness, this how we experience life, how we experience struggle, what we do about life, what we do about struggle, what we do about life how we are functioning at work, relationships, parenting, kids, whatever we do, politics, that's all mind. The whole way that we as humans experience life is through our mind. And our mind then needs the brain for us to be able to to process that, to to, to store that experience and then to express that experience in our behaviors. So there's this very important relationship between the mind, the brain and the body, but the mind isn't the brain and the body. It isn't the brain. It's two, it's, it's separate things. So for 38 years, now I've been researching and studying this. And as you mentioned in my book, there is research and clinical trials and it's made very simple so that you can understand it. Mm -hmm. But why I emphasize this so much is that if you realize that your mind is this huge part of you, it's the difference between a dead person and us discussing this now is our aliveness, which is our mind. Then there's this wonderful recognition that, okay, I'm not controlled by my brain. Yes, things can go wrong in your brain and your body and they're definitely going to impact your mind because the feedback loop goes both ways. But your mind can still... Manage that. Your mind is, your mind is you and you can manage your mind with your mind. So when we talk about you and mind, it's you having this distinct ability to use your mind to manage your mind. So mind is this powerful force on a psychological level. We can describe it as your thinking, feeling and choosing about life about the thoughts in your head, about your experiences, et cetera. And it can also be described on a more physical, with physics as being gravitational fields and electromagnetic forces, and that kind of stuff to work from Einstein and quantum physics and so on. And that when someone's dead, we don't see that. When someone's alive, we see that. So for example, I use QEEG technology, which means that we can see uh, when someone's alive, we will see the energy response in the brain to a, a person thinking, feeling, and choosing and experiencing life and going through stuff. But if a person's dead, the QEEG won't pick up anything. You can put an EKG on someone's heart. And when they're alive, you'll pick up a response. The, the electrical activity of the heart is picked up on the EKG. But if you're dead, there is no electro- electrical activity. So where's that activity coming from? The mind. The mind is the life force. So I'm really emphasizing that because in recognizing, um, in dealing with concepts like anxiety and depression, we've been told that anxiety and depression are Illnesses of the brain—they're not, mm-hmm. because that they—we've been told that they illnesses of the brain, like a chemical imbalance, in the same way that that diabetes um, is a is a problem with insulin, and that's. Mm-hmm. An absolutely non-scientific correlation. It's incorrect. It's a theory that was put forward years ago. It's never been proven. Millions of billions of dollars later, it still hasn't been proven. And no scientist or doctor that's worth a grain of salt will even talk about that. It's a tremendously powerful marketing tool that is being used to sell medications to people, and it's also very invalidating because it's taking your whole experience of what you're going through and. Basically subsuming it into a label, and then basically treating it like, the, for example, cardiovascular diseases have symptoms. You identify them through diagnostic testing, and you treat the symptoms with medication. Then diabetes is the same situation. There's a problem with insulin. You treat with medication. So they try to take that model and use it for subsume that the the mind, the mental side, into the physical. But it doesn't work because there's different rules. Mm-hmm. Because if you're feeling depression, it's not the same as cancer or diabetes. Depression is very very broad umbrella term that's actually a warning signal. It's a descriptive warning signal that something is going on in your mind, that you've experienced something that you need to pay attention to, as opposed to it being an it, an illness. So depression, anxiety, panic attacks, um, frustration, um, uh, uh, just being distraught, um, fear, trepidation, all these things, these are not something wrong with you doesn't mm. mean that you're a broken brain. It means that you're going through something or you've gone through something that's now affecting how you're functioning. And that distinction is massive in managing mental health because suddenly now you say, okay, I'm feeling depressed. It's not that, oh gosh, there's something wrong with me. It's not that it's, that's not, you don't take that identity, which is what the current narrative tells you. You rather say, oh, depression, let me be a thought detective. Let me mm. see why am I feeling depression? Depression is a signal, it's a warning cue, it's a clue. And be like a Sherlock Holmes and investigate why you're feeling, what is it a warning signal of? It's a symptom of something that's going on in your life and you need to do the, do the work of paying attention to that and then working through being curious and working through deconstructing and reconstructing to find the origin source and then changing it to make it work for you, reconceptualizing it and that takes work and that's mind work that you're doing all of that you're doing with your mind you've experienced the adverse experience with your mind you've processed it with your mind into your brain and into your body because whatever we experience with our whatever you wake up in the morning and you read a toxic email that's an experience your mm-hmm. mind is what's reading the toxic email your mind is thinking feeling and choosing your mind is electromagnetically and quantum physics and gravitational fields happening pushing it through the brain the brain as the mind hits the brain there's a chemical reaction and a neurochemical reaction and that, that and genetic reaction and that experience of the toxic email is converted into a physical protein tree like structure in your brain. And they and it's the roots of the tree. So the letter and the the experience of the letter letter that the actual content of that toxic email is the roots of the tree and your response to it and your thinking, feeling and choosing about that are the branches of the tree. And that tree is a thought tree of this toxic email and it is a physical substance that has weight and it's weighty, it's toxic because all the proteins are folded incorrectly and we basically go against the natural design of the brain. So it's changing the structure of the brain but in a way that is actually threatening the brain And threatening the body, because not only is that toxic email going in the brain as a tree, but it's also going into the DNA of every cell of your body. Mm. And it's also going into like a little, like a little wave in the mind, which is all around your body and through your body. So it's in three places. And that's why it's like, wow, when you think of this email, you get hit and like your whole body experiences it, your mind is experiencing it, and your brain is experiencing experiencing it. So it's such a holistic, intense experience. And then yeah. if you don't deal with that toxic email and, and you just keep thinking about it and talking about it and it just never you, know, you just keep mulling on it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more controlling. And that can then create um generates the signals of depression, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of a I don't know if you want to unpack that, but that's kind of a, a way uh, the the correct way of looking at uh, mental health.
0: Yeah. So so helpful. And I, I, I love so many things, you know, about what you uh, shared. And in your, even in the first couple chapters of your new book, cleaning up your mental mess, talking about the fact that, um, mental health isn't a disease. I like how you even use mental ill health, not mental illness, because it's, you know, a symptom. We're not, you know, we're not, um, victims of it we can overcome it we can heal it's a it's a physical thing that can change and what you mentioned uh, a second ago about um, thoughts and behaviors are actually physical things in our mind they develop you know the the dendrites kind of look like trees as you were mentioning i think that explains why anxiety for so many people those listening anxiety and toxic thoughts Don't get discouraged. You're not a victim of it. It can be. It may be a physical thing in your brain, but it can be overcome. Which, if time allows, we'll we'll get to uh, talking about talking about that. Um, But one more thing that you brought up: um, this whole idea of signals that these toxic thoughts, that depression, the anxiety, are signals. I was so stoked when I saw that language. In your latest um, book, in uh, my new book, Free to Thrive, we talk about a very similar concept that these things aren't random. There's a cause to them. We need to investigate what is going on, and that's how we move forward to heal. So can you share more with us, Dr. Leaf, about how do we even begin to identify what those signals are, whether it's toxic thoughts or anxiety, and figure out, the underlying issues we need to address
1: okay so that's a really excellent question and it's great that you're talking about that as well because it's that's the that's the correct languaging that we should mm-hmm. be using and only four percent of the church is talking about mental health when I mean, they do it's incorrect so when I hear um, you know that you're getting that concept that's that's wonderful uh, great news so um, just very quickly to distinguish between um, a warning signal and a thought so the thought is the physical substance that we've wired into our brain with our mind in response to whatever experience we have so right now this, this discussion is an experience it's being wired in it's being processed by the mind which is think feel choose and all the gravitational fields and that's then pushed into the brain and then the brain responds by building this what we're saying into a tree in your brain and the dendrites are the branches of the tree and it's your Mm -hmm. interpretation of what you're hearing and the roots which are also dendritic branches but in a root form it's in the because it's got like two parts to it the thought um, and that's the source so in your brain and the brain of the listeners the 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 words that I'm saying would be the roots of the tree and the roots, each little root is made of lots of proteins. And so, uh, and each protein is is vibrating with information and the information is conceptual. So by the end of this conversation, I would have said maybe two or 3000 different things. And that means you would have had, you would have had two or 3000 different concepts built into maybe a hundred or 200 little roots. And that's the source. And then the, branches of the tree are your interpretation of what I'm saying and then the the signals would be the 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 kind of impression that this has created and the impression hopefully this is now insightful so you get ah hope so hope the signal would be then be hope or excitement or a feeling of a sense of empowerment that I can do something about this because you've wired it in it means you can wire it out because the brain is neuroplastic which means that the brain can always change at its some of the first neuroplasticity research back in the 80s in my field, when they told us that the brain couldn't change. I've done a TED talk on this. They told me I was crazy to study that. And I said, let me show it. I'll work with people with brain damage and show you that change your mind, change your brain. And so that's very helpful to know as well, that whatever experience you have is built into your brain, which means you're changing your brain all the time, all day. You're never the same. You're always changing. So from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, you are changing your brain because you're building every experience into these thoughts in your brain. At nighttime, you're sorting out the thoughts that you've built, which is why you dream. So um, your your brain's always changing. It's never the same. So you're not the same person now as you were before. And that's really hopeful because we can draw on that change to change toxic issues. Which is the whole point of the second part of my book and 38 years of my work is to help people to fix up the the read the signals to pick up the toxicity um, of, of the thought and to fix that. And when it's a toxic issue like a trauma or a bad habit, and also to then if there's brain damage from a traumatic brain injury or there's um, learning skills that need to be acquired because of a learning disability or something that you can actually use the same process that I've developed to help build the brain. So you can detox the brain by rewiring it, and you can build the brain by rewiring it. Because you're adding stuff. One, the one you're adding, you're adding prote- healthy protein trees into the brain, thought trees into the brain to healthy dendrites, and the one you're taking out and replacing. You, you break, you try, you're breaking down, deconstructing the toxic one and building a healthy new one. And that process is a mind driven process because everything is mind, mind is always with you. And that mind driven process is controlled by you. And so there's a tremendous amount of hope in this because But the only way to start um, to to just do this process is to become aware of the stuff so you can't suppress it and the current movement is if you have pain um, if you have this uh, depression um, it needs to be suppressed but that doesn't fix the problem the problem is the issue it's the tree it needs to be rewired you need and the only way to neuroscience shows us that the only way to rewire a tree is in the brain the protein tree is the dendrites the thought trees which contain all the memories because the roots are the memories and the branches are the memories is to be Become aware of them. So when you're aware of something, you actually weaken the little connections in the in the root in the in the branches. Your interpretation, the branches above the ground, if for uh, want of a better way of explaining. And then, as you are aware of the branches above the ground, you can track back to the source of why you have those branches in the first place. But you can't do that without becoming aware. And that's where the warning signals come in. Warning signals are cues, clues to you becoming a thought detective, becoming like Sherlock Holmes and taking those clues. These are clues, they're helpful messengers, they're telling me something, they're responses Mm -hmm. to an underlying something that's going on. And to approach this with one of, hey, this is okay, I'm a human in life, experiencing adverse circumstances, 100% of people, not one in four, 100% of people battle with depression in varying degrees. 100% of people battle with anxiety in varying degrees. There's the day-to-day anxiety. And then there's the big anxiety from big traumas and toxic things that are in our life that we haven't dealt with or we are dealing with. So that's very, very normal. So the message I'm telling you is anxiety is okay. Depression is okay. um, Frustration, these are all Telling us that something is going on, so you've got to pay attention to them. They're like a smoke signal. And you've got to become a thought detective. They're a clue. They're a cue. They're a warning signal. They're the alarm going off to mm. to wake you up. They're threatening your survival. Your immune system is is sending out immune factors because these proteins, um, in the toxic from the toxic experience, are all distorted. And that then is the, the the immune system of the brain and the body will recognize those in the same way that it recognizes, for example, the protein structures being abnormal in COVID virus. So in other words, a toxic issue, a trauma that you've suppressed for years or a toxic issue that you've gone through, the roots are all proteins that are all distorted and then imbalanced and the chemicals imbalanced. The whole process is imbalanced. And that then releases and causes the, inter, and, and then that produces the branches, which is so if you were abused your interpretation maybe you think feel and choose is shame and condemnation and conform relationships and all that stuff so you it doesn't help to just go and slap a, a label and a drug on that you have to actually become aware of the depression is how is it manifesting in the shame and how you see yourself why down to the root cause and in doing that you're becoming aware you're weakening it and when you weaken it the energy is then transferred from that toxic version to a healthier version and you rewire a new version. So Mm there's complete neural rewiring that occurs through mind work, it's all mind driven. So you're changing the brain. And so the toxic tree energy goes away from the toxic tree that then Pretty much just converts to heat energy, and that energy is taken over and built into the healthy tree Now the healthy tree knows what happened, but it's now reconceptualized, reconstructed about how you want this to play out into your future how you're going to move forward, knowing that you know what the situation is how you're going
0: to manage the depression moving forward mm, so so helpful and it, it's so it's so hope giving that um, our brains can change. you mentioned uh, yes. neuroplasticity. And, uh, I remember, well, probably about 10 years ago, discovering that in my own trauma recovery, addiction, recovery, mental health recovery journey, and how empowering that was that I'm not just stuck like this forever, you know, with whatever I'm going through that, that these things can actually change and and be overcome. And you said that, what back in the eighties, you were doing research on that. Um, I, I probably have you to thank for, for so much of, um, the the hope I found in, in my healing journey. So, thank oh, you for that. Um, you know, on the topic of of neuroplasticity, um, one of the things I love about your work and thinking back on your book, Switch On Your Brain, um, it was it, it was like finally the bridge was um, or, or or the gap was bridged between all of this biblical truth about our minds and what we do with our thoughts and all of this uh, brain science, neuroscientific research. I, I almost thought of it as like a biblical neuroscience, apologetic uh, resource. So for those listening, you know, who are of, of faith or, or Christians, uh, what would you say um, are just some key things you see in, in the Bible about that that back up brain science or, or brain science that backs up the Bible and how God has has wired us
1: it's a it's a wonderful question and we can track neuroscience even though it wasn't called that right back to the ancient text so even you know all the texts that that predate the actual Bible that we see today and all ancient texts in fact in every um every single culture and tradition we'll find the science of mind and brain which is fascinating Mm. so this is it's not something new at all it's um so that's just to say that so then in terms of science and spirituality they are two sides of the same coin i have never seen them as different, and it always has and 25 i mean i teach 25 years i've been uh, 35 years i've been 38 years i've been in the field 25 years of practice i've been teaching in churches now for almost 20 years but i also teach in neuroscience conferences and lectured universities and Mm. in education and corporate and for the biggest part of my career, I was um, doing more work in out in those kind of areas. And um, the, the church stuff started about 20 years ago, because I was approached to, to exactly your question, how do you put these two and two together? And mm-hmm. I always thought, why on earth has everyone seen this as a separate thing? It's been one of the biggest problems in the church that's kept the church almost in the dark ages when it comes to mind. Because wow. the 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 mind, the people in, in the church, there's this, this almost um, okay, let me start it like this. Science and spirituality are the same thing, two sides of the same coin. Why do I say that? Because science comes from the word sclera. Sclera, me, sclera. sclera means knowledge, and God is the source of all knowledge. So therefore, knowledge, if you think of it like that, science is knowledge. Spirituality is all about God and what God created. In other words, knowledge. The knowledge about the world, about humans, about being alive, about i mean, the whole Bible is about how to live as a human, what to do, and the the this the the knowledge that we have about how our brains and our bodies and the world and and technology. I mean, the technology enabling us to do this interview—that's all science. We if if and if science is bad, then don't use your cell phone. Don't don't go to the doctor. Don't go to hospital. Don't have surgery. Don't eat. Don't drive a car. This is how ridiculous it becomes when you look at it from that perspective when you think oh you're being scientific and logical you're not being spiritual and i'll say it the other way if you if you ignore science you're actually completely insulting god because mm-hmm. the science is how it works so that's very important to get that to understand that spirituality is the story and, this, and science is how the story actually works how god's creation works and when you look at it like that there's no threat there's only an open-mindedness to learn okay well how do i work and how do i understand that better so that i can function so then bringing it back to my area of science which is neuroscience and cognitive neuroscience and mind brain research and so on is um is is basically well you see philosophies in the bible like bring all thoughts into captivity mm. people quote that all the time but do they even do that now people do you have people even been curious enough to ask what that is i mean how many people have said that how many millions and millions of times how many pastors have preached a message about bringing a thought into captivity and what do they do they say you just go to memorize scripture and you know take us something that's happening and throw a scripture on it's kind of like using god as a genie and scriptures as a magic potion you know, if you think of it like that, that's not what that scripture is actually saying. That scripture is actually saying you link that with the scripture of renewing the mind and you sc- link it with the scripture of in Deuteronomy of I lay before your life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life. And you link it with the scripture of as a man thinks in his heart, so easy. And you link it with the scripture of, of, um, uh, what was the other one? Um, think of these things. All of those, and I've just mentioned a few, have behind them mind management. Manage your mind. This is what you should think about. But you've got a choice. Yes. And if you choose this, then this will happen. And and actually all your thoughts are supposed to be captured and renewed. And what does that actually mean? And so that there's the philosophy, science tells you what that means. So the work that I've done is telling you what that means. So let's take just bring all thoughts into captivity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All thoughts. It doesn't mean only one thought or the thoughts that you feel like being into captivity when you're in church on Sunday and it's super easy to catch your thoughts. It is all thoughts all day so that means we need to look at what is a thought and i've just told you what it is it's a tree it's a protein tree structure it's the product of you thinking feeling and choosing and experiencing life like the t- email like this conversation like the bullying like the whatever every experience you've had trillions and trillions of experiences from a certain point in the room and that's that's been experienced through your mind and built into your brain that's neuroplasticity and into your body okay and it's changed it's your brain and your body that is a lot of thoughts now, if I ask you to close your eyes just for 10 seconds and just, just be, do nothing but just think of your thoughts, you will have a whole bunch of thoughts going through your head. And you can just try this periodically during the course of today. Just close your eyes and just just let your mind wander. And you'll be amazed at all the different thoughts that go through your head, from the topics that have just been discussed to it goes all over the place. All of those are supposed to be brought into captivity. So Mm. if we add a number to this, this is really mind-blowing because what we scientists are are trying to estimate, and this is not my work, I'm quoting research from other people that have actually played with the numbers, quantum physicists and so on. And what they've said is that we, on average, build about 8,000 to 10,000 thoughts a day. So Mm. this conversation, the email, the discussion, are being built into your brain. Uh, If you're having a discussion, if it's a work work that you're doing and that's each day there's something new you'll you'll be adding onto the same tree but still you're building eight to ten thousand new thoughts even if it's a part of a new an existing thought to build those you will think of at least another ten thousand to twenty thousand because when as you're listening to me now not only are you getting knowledge and building thoughts because your mind is receiving this knowledge and you're pushing it in your brain your brain's building my words into these protein trees in your brain and in your dna your mind but you also all kinds of thoughts are popping up into your mind as i'm speaking which are helping you process this like you mentioned your book you mentioned how you saw signals you your own experience all these things are popping up where from your non-conscious mind that operates 24 7 which mm-hmm. is where your trillions upon trillions of thoughts are stored where your dynamic intelligence and self-regulation occurs where the, the you is your wisdom etc etc and its whole purpose is to bring balance homeostasis survival love and to sort out these thoughts and to then try and get the attention of the conscious mind to work with it the non-conscious mind to, to, to uh, tap into the wisdom that is at our core because you're made in god's image so the core of this non-conscious mind is wisdom and the wisdom is connected to god so the whole purpose of the non-conscious mind is this tremendously powerful source from god to help us to evaluate the stuff we have how we've responded in the toxic and healthy thoughts we've built to to link them into the wisdom the core of who we are and to then link that to god and to use that whole process to then to then renew the mind so what i've done is taken that very complex process that you probably never heard explained in that way you've read some of my work so you've heard me teach it but a lot of people wouldn't have ever heard that whole thing can be encapsulated into the scripture capture capture your thoughts and in the technique the system of technique that i've developed the system has techniques within it you can then do that So if we are told bring all thoughts into captivity, I have done the science. Well, I have had the science revealed to me. If you want to look at it, I've done the research and developed the system for how you actually do bring all thoughts into captivity. So if you are building eight to 10,000 a day, you inform by an additional 10 to 20,000. That means that there's about 30,000 things going on in your head in any one day and according to scripture you're supposed to bring all of those into captivity to do what Mm. to renew them so if they are healthy great grow them because that's going to enhance you as a person but if they're toxic and they're informing you in a toxic way and these patterns in your life that's going to then be the signals of you know that you need to do something about that so when we talk about signals and paying attention to depression, that's capturing thoughts. That is mind management. Mind management is capturing thoughts and renewing them. So when we mind manage, we are self-regulating our thoughts by capturing them and renewing them. And this, the system I've developed called the NeuroCycle, over 38 years of research and clinical application and therapeutic application and constant refining. And at my most recent clinical trials, I've put in a simple version in my book that, that you refer to cleaning up your mental mess. Mm-hmm basically the neurocycle is how we do that how does the mind work how does the brain work how does this integration work and how do we control it so the five steps of the neurocycle is how you cycle through your mind to change your brain in other words how do you capture a thought and how do you renew it so you don't just say those words and then slap the scripture on you actually put the scripture in the right place otherwise you're using the scripture as a band-aid and a band-aid on a bullet wound as my one friend said does not work you can't just chop the weed off the, the top of the head of the weed, it will grow back. Okay, so that's what we're doing. If you just go and get a drug, you just slap a scripture on, you just do a positive affirmation, you're not dealing with the issue. So when you talk about, you know, the signals and I talk about the signals, what we're doing is we're capturing thoughts. That's how mm-hmm. you do it. Capturing thoughts means that uh, that I've got to capture that thought and I've got to say, okay, what is this thought? What is this? The thought's not the depression. Depression's not the thought. Depression's the signal that there is a thought. And that thought has the branches, which is your interpretation, which is your behaviors and emotions and your thinking, feeling and choosing. And then that's got a source, which is the roots and capturing means that i've got to listen to the signal of depression and behaviors and so on and i've got to go look at my what i'm what my interpretation the branches and i've got to go to the source and i've got to embrace process and reconceptualize that i've got to renew it renewing is embracing mm-hmm. processing and reconceptualizing it into what's more healthy what will work for me that will then make me a renewed mind is one that operates in love which is survival it not operating in, um, in 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 toxicity and that process is what all humans should be doing and The process of creating the toxic thoughts in the first place is very much the messy mind and it's very normal. We have a messy mind and a wise mind. And our messy mind is how we experience life. It's how we enter into life. As you read that toxic email, as you have that conversation, as you listen to this, it's your messy mind that's experimenting and sometimes it gets it right and builds a healthy thought. Sometimes it gets it wrong and makes a mess. That's all okay. It's all what, how God has designed us. We then need to, but what we need to be doing is managing that. And mind management is then capturing the mess. What did I do? How do we capture the mess through the signals and then deconstructing and reconstructing into the healthy version. Now, we're supposed to do that all the time while we're awake because bring all thoughts into captivity. That means that I wanted to know from the neuroscience, can you do that? And from the research, we can actually, every 10 seconds, we can be doing this. We can be very self-regulated, which pretty much means while you're awake, you can self-regulate. And that's powerful. But that takes skill. It takes development. It takes, you've got to train your your mind to use your mind to change your brain in
0: this way. Wow. So, so powerful. Every 10 seconds, man, I think about, I think about how, For so much of my life, I was just—it was like my thoughts were on autopilot, and I was living out of them. And then learning how to take thoughts captive, and question them, and figure out: Is this true? Is it not true? And move towards what I actually want to believe and what I actually want to live out. And the power that we we have, um, because God created our brains that way is is so fascinating is, um, here,
1: here's some images in fact here's what I normally use is my toxic tree and my healthy tree which is really cool and I mean this is when we talk about four trees here we go this is what they look like in the brain so the roots in the pot would be this is a healthy one this is toxic the roots would be let's take this conversation what you and I are talking about would be in the roots the mm-hmm. branches are your interpretation because everyone interprets it differently then this whole thought is how we this is as a man thinks so is he okay mm. so this is how what we then produce the behavior this would be toxic so there's the toxic root so that could be the bullying the abuse the whatever trauma you've experienced the loss the grief whatever and then that is then interpreted so let's say for example someone experiences extensive bullying in a marriage or something they then feel um and by, maybe by someone who's very narcissistic or something and they feel their, their interpretation is that they're useless they this manipulation makes you feel shame and loses your identity so that's this and this shows up as you being a very unhappy, sad, depressed person, not being able to, you see what I'm saying? So when we talk about signals, we've got to read these signals to find what we think, feel, and choose how we've interpreted, the signals telling us that we've got interpretations, these branches, these are the dendrites, and those dendrites have a root, you've got to be the thought detective, and the neurocycle takes you through the process of doing this and reconstructing it into this. And that's how, that takes 63 days, like 63 wow. days to change a behavior, not to, any, not to anyone like most people, have been led to believe, which is incorrect science. I talk about that in the book too. Wow,
0: amazing. I also love that you're, let me just say this, I love that your last name is Dr. Leaf. I think it's so <laughs> fitting given all this talk about trees.
1: I know, it's um, funny, Someone's, I've been asked before, did you change your name because of always talking about the leaves <laughs> and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations, that is also great. Um, and I said, no, I didn't. It was very convenient that I did have this name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, we're just about out of time. I, I was going to ask about um, the five-step process for overcoming things like anxiety and toxic thoughts. However, I would say to all those listening or watching, um, it's awesome. It's super helpful. I've read through it so many times, been practicing some of it. Pick, it, uh, pick up the uh, Car- Dr. Caroline Leaf's latest book cleaning up your mental mess, you can go through the five-step process, which gets so into detail, that's it, of um, how to practically, really, not just for a season, but for ever to overcome toxic thoughts and uh, anxiety. I loved one of the things you found, Dr. Leaf, in your study. I think it was something like 81% of those struggling with anxiety and depression, within the first 21 days, It it got... It lowered drastically. Was that the stat?
1: Yes. So basically, um, what uh, every, as we just remember, everyone suffers from anxiety and depression in different degrees. So when we manage it, when we capture the thoughts, and we renew them, you can improve. It, what the using the Neurocycle, which is the five step system that you would do every day for the for the um, the period the, over the over the cycles of twenty one days to make sixty three days, um, you you can learn to manage depression and anxiety. Anxiety by a factor of 81%, which means that instead of feeling 100% out of control, you actually become 81% in control mm. of anxiety and depression, et cetera. Wow. So instead of it controlling you, you control it. And being in control means that you recognize anxiety, depression are not illnesses, but they are warning signals. And then you respond in that way and you do the five steps to deconstruct and reconstruct into the healthy tree. And, um, that's, that's basically when I mean, you do that over the, the time period, not just in one sitting, but you do that daily over a period of 21 days for about 15 to 45 minutes. And then you do step five for an additional 42 days, which makes 63. So it's a two part cycle, 63 days. You do the five steps for the first 21 days. And then the second 42, you do just step five. That combination will then deconstruct and reconstruct. Um, so you'll know that you'll find the source of. The, you'll find the warning signal to the source and you'll reconstruct it into what you want it to be. And then you'll make it a strong tree because this tree is competing with other trees. There's trillions of thoughts in your brain. And think of all these trees in the forest. The ones that are the biggest are going to get the most attention. They're going to get your attention. So this is still small. So the additional 42 days is to, to stabilize this tree so that it grows big and so that it can impact your behavior. And that takes the extra 42 days. So the neurocycle is a very specific process for doing that. And when you do that, this is that's that you you will end up managing anxiety anxiety and depression, improving anxiety and depression and all the other emotions, stress, burnout, etc., not just anxiety and depression, by a factor of eighty one percent. You'll be eighty one percent more in control, totally empowered. And in more, then that's like the minimum that you'll get to. Wow.
0: So amazing. Such a message of hope. Well, Dr. Leaf, Thank where you. can where can people connect with you, get your latest book, follow you on social media? Tell us about um, that.
1: Absolutely. Well, the book is Cleaning Up a Mental Mess is available wherever books are sold. And also on my website, drleaf.com, there's lots of other books there too. We also have an app, um, Ben, that we've released. Um, it used to be called the Switch app. Some people may be familiar with it. It's now been rebranded and redone as the NeuroCycle app. So it goes mm-hmm. really well with the book. It's the same five steps, but there's been advanced science. So it changed the name because the science has advanced and it's more simple. And so it, works, it really walks you through. It's like me giving you therapy. So that's available. We can give you the link and you can put that in the show notes. Um, but that's available mm-hmm. at Google and iTunes. Um, you can find out about that on my webpage. My Instagram handle is Doctor Caroline Leaf. Also, my Facebook handle and my Twitter handle. And you go there, you can follow me on Instagram and and uh, all the social media handles, and you can get all the daily posts and all this information and links to all the sites and all the rest of it. So, I have a podcast as well called "Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess," where I do teach on these extensively and interview experts as well about the mind.
0: Awesome! To everyone watching or or listening. Hey, just be encouraged today. Your brain can change. You can overcome toxic thoughts. You can heal from anxiety. I've experienced so much healing and freedom in in my own life. And um, let me just say, again, pick up cleaning up your mental mess. It's phenomenal. Uh, it's different from much of the stuff you're going to read out there. Uh, and it's so based in in science and research and phenomenal. It's been so helpful in my own life. And follow Dr. Leaf on social media. I follow her Almost, I think it's every day. There's so many quotes that are just, you know, racking my brain that they're causing me to question all things in life. Not all things in life, but uh, are just so helpful to my own growth and, and healing. And uh, Dr. Leaf, you are a legend. Thank you so much for thank what you do, and uh, thanks so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for your kind words. And I'm really just want to help people. I'm so happy that it's helping you. So thank you for your kind words and for the opportunity to share.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for checking out the Resolution Podcast. To go deeper on today's topic, get my new book, Free to Thrive, at resolutionmovement.org, as well as access a variety of free resources. If this episode encouraged you, please take a moment to rate it, share it, and subscribe. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, as well as watch the visual version of each episode on our YouTube channel. Connect with us by searching Resolution Movement on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. See you soon.